want to sing. Amen. I'm glad the day that I can see the, the altars at Christ Church are always still open. They ain't never closed. And that ain't the case in everywhere. And uh, there's been times where we could take in more altars out. But Lisa, when you need them in a bad way, they show our blessing, ain't they? Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 2 this morning. Romans chapter 2. God is good today. And uh, I had told men this morning, I was sitting with them, that I was thankful today that God was going to let me preach a sweet message today. And, uh, you know, uh, it ain't always got to be, it's got, it needs to be exactly what God wants it to be, first start with. But it ain't always got to be one way. And uh, God's word is to comfort. And God's word is to quicken. God's word is for correction, instruction, and reproof. But it's also to soothe the heart of a man, a woman, boy, or a girl today to let you know that God's got it all and he's in control. I wrote down what God had me to write here for the title. Hope you enjoy the preaching of the goodness of God today. I just hope you enjoy. I mean, I just hope you enjoy hearing about God's goodness today, just how good he is. I would think if we preach it, a lot of times it ain't because I preach hell hot and nobody comes. And I think, well, good gracious, man, it's almost like I had the flames up under the chair. It ain't them times that when nobody moves and no one makes a decision that I wonder. It's the times when I go to preaching about the goodness of God and how good he is. And then I wonder why in the world don't people come and give the heart and the life to Jesus. Lord, help me today that from this point on, that Lord, you have lined my eyes from anything that would be hindering I plead the blood of Jesus on this service today that you would remove any hindrance. Lord, I would love to see people come forward to be saved today. But Lord, it just might be somebody here today just needs to hear a word from God's already saved. They need to know that God, that you've got the whole world in your hand. You got the little bitty babies. You, 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 got, you got mom and daddy. You, you, got, you got everybody. You got brothers and sisters. You got the whole world in your hand. And God, I thank you for the beginning of time you made a way for salvation for us in 2018. But God, I also thank you that from the beginning of time, you had a healing touch to give the soldiers sick. God, you had a comforting touch to give those that are weary. And God, you had a, 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 a nudge in the back, Lord, to give to those that, that maybe ain't where they ought to be. They're already saved, but they, 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 the hands done got loose on the plow. And Lord, they would get back because of the goodness of God. And Lord, I love you and I thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. You know, when I think about the goodness of God, I couldn't help but come to this verse. This wasn't the verse that I had. I've got three verses. If you've got your pen, you want to write them down. I had four. I, I've kind of scratched through one, but I may go back and pick it up. The first one's going to be Romans 2, 1 through 4. That'll be good reading for you to meditate on. I try to stop where God had me to stop. The other place that I've got is Matthew 4, 1 through 4. That's another place that I've got. And then the last place is going to be John 3, 15 through 16. That'll be the three places that I plan to be at this morning. As we start reading here about the goodness of God, after God has done what he has done, 
After God has sent a sacrifice, after he has sent his son and shed the blood, there's absolutely for no, nobody to walk out of this place today without feeling God's love, God's authority on your life, God's protection on your life. There's absolutely no reason why that God couldn't fill your hearts. At the end over in the book of 1 John, he writes these things. He said, I write these things that your joy may remain full. Even in going through tough times, uh, the Bible talks to be joyful when, you, when you're persecuted. He said, count it all joy. Count it all joy. From the beginning to the end, count it all joy. For those maybe didn't hear where we was this morning, it'll be in Romans chapter 2, 1 through 4, we'll read. It says, therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man. It's no excuse. Whosoever thou art that judgest, boy, don't that hit a lot of things. Oh, I thought they was something, but I heard. You need to shut your mouth because the Bible says, however you judge, that's what's coming back. Whatever you send out, that's what's coming back to you. And I'm not preaching on judging this morning. That just happens to be in a text. Verse 4 is where I'm trying to get to. But it's not none of your business to try to decide who's saved and lost. Oh, I was with a man this week. He's a sick man, and I, I was there, and I, and, and, and I was really questioning his salvation because of my love for him, and I, and I really was. But he told me, then I went back. I carried a meal Friday night, and I, I questioned it again. I said, about what I talked about again. And he told me again, that's all that I can do. But I also was an 85, 84-year-old man on Tuesday that I was in Monroe, Louisiana, and the Lord put up on my heart, remember that pastor when you preached that revival had told you that Brother Roy wanted you to come to his house. And I told him I'm going to be gone for two or three hours. It was about 45 minutes from where I was. I walked, I had the address from when he said, and I walked and I knocked on the door. The wife came to the door. She called my name. She hollered to the husband. Told him that I was there. She sent me on back. She said, there's no need for me to go, Brother Eddie, because I already know what Roy wants. And I walked into a little old shop area, a little work table where Brother Roy was working at. He turned his chair around and we small talked for probably 15 minutes. I told him what I was doing. And so he, he knew that I was busy and coming, but it didn't matter. I told him I stopped what I was doing because I remembered that his pastor had called me and I was probably closer to him than I would be in a long time. After that small talk, I said, well, I'm going to pray with you, Brother Roy, and we're going to go, and I'm going to go. 84-year-old man that's probably at least as active in the church as you are, He's going to be more active than most of you. 84 years old. Never missed a night of revival. Took up the offering of revival. When people went to the altar, Brother Roy was there. Brother Roy, I said, Brother Roy, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to go. He said, Brother Eddie, when you was preaching in that revival, I got on the conviction. I was not easy at ease with what was going on in my life. 
I was not easy but with the way that I talked about folks. Is that hitting you? I was not easy how I was playing God on who was saved and who wasn't saved. In the midst of all that judging people, Brother Eddie, I got to thinking about my own self. See, in God's word, it'll teach you that most the things that you judging folks at, you doing yourself. But you can't see the definition of the word or what you judging them, you can't see it coming back to you. So we ought to get up every day and we ought to thank God that the mercies of God are new every day. And the only reason why you got saved because somewhere in a childlike faith, you trusted in what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary and how he done shed his blood and how on the third day he done rose from the grave and the reason why he done it because you were so wretched and undone. And because of his righteousness, there was bestowed upon you. Like you would be cold, like you would be at a football game and you would be cold. Rain is pouring down. You would be somewhere sitting beside a wreck and rain was coming down, but not of a coat that you brought, but someone come along and put that warm jacket all over you, one that went to the ground, that covered you from your head to toe, that had a hood on it and it brought you warmth. Don't you understand? That's the reason why you saved this morning. So brother, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to be going. He said, Brother Eddie, I got to tell you why I had you to come down here. He said, I don't know why. It don't even make any sense. He said, but Brother Eddie, I told you about me getting under conviction. And Brother Roy, he told me these words. He said, Brother Eddie, I know for sure now that I need to be saved. Matter of fact, he said, I think about it, I already knew but I want to tell you how I was and what I done played a fool, Brother Eddie, and how God has done done more to show me he loved me than what I ever thought he did. He said, when you left that revival, I called my pastor, and you said my pastor called you. I told the Lord that if he could part a big body of water, he could make it dry ground, Brother Harris. He could make it where all those Israelites could go across. Then God, you're a big enough man that you can get that simple preacher that was in the church last night and you can get into my house and if that happens, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Listen to me. I didn't have to pray for Roy. Roy knew all the prayers. He said, Brother Eddie, I don't need nothing. Just give me a minute. With tears running down his face, Brother Roy gave his life to Jesus. Brother Roy told me, you ain't got to call my pastor and tell on me that I done got saved. You ain't got to tell the community that I done got saved. Because Brother Eddie, everybody that I see for the rest of my life, I'm going to tell them that Roy got saved. You ain't got to call and check on me that I get baptized. If he'll baptize me first thing Sunday morning, I will be baptized. If he'll do it tomorrow night, he said, I'll be baptized. He said, you won't have to check on me. I don't think Brother Roy is one I got to go check on see if he's going to church. I don't think I'll have to call on him two years from now. I don't have to think I'll call on him three years from now. I think Brother Roy has been a brand new creature and the Holy Ghost is living inside of Brother Roy and Brother Roy ain't going to have no problem. 
Boy, it's kind of scary to see folks that was lost and how faithful they are to go to church. Oh, as we see people like Jimmy Stoops, after he brings on Wednesday night food for people to eat, they don't bring nothing. They just come in here and eat. He provides it for you. Lost, sitting right there on the third row, lost. It's on its way to the devil's hell. I thought I was going to preach love. This is love. <laughs> man, I thought about Gwen Watson, Brother Johnny, our preacher man here. His wife that cleans up your mess on Wednesday night. You're talking about work. Man, it's like homecoming in there. I mean, they got little children. She fights to get out of here. It's a lot of work going on. They come last Sunday morning, said, I'm lost. And I'm undone, and I'm headed to a devil's hell. How many? Nothing's going to change your mind. I understand some people already, they done been given over to a reprobate. A reprobate is, they done gave over that pride, Brother Larry. They ain't going to change their mind. They're going to leave this service day. They're on the way to a devil's hell because that pride has done got them. And I'm telling you what, sometimes like, and there ain't no way I'm going to come up there to you because you've been looking at me and you've been picking on me. Look here, I'm the only one who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Get out of the road, the truck's coming. There ain't no excuse for going to a devil's hell. There's absolutely no excuse. I'm here to tell you that we had 10 commandments that we had to keep. There was a law before us. There's absolutely, after God done sent his only begotten son, he done already wrapped you a gift and that gift is the precious blood of Jesus. He done brought it before you. He done loved on you. The Bible says he loved you while you was yet a sinner. He died for you. The whole world was lost and he died for you. Good Lord, where'd that come from? Therefore, thou art inexcusable, inexcusable man, whoever thou art that judgest. For when thou judgest another and condemnest thyself, thou condemnest thyself. Oh, best thing you can do when somebody running somebody down, say, hey, I got me. I got me. If you're here today, you think you're perfect other than the blood of Jesus. You don't think that you ain't got a heart to desperately wreck it. You don't think you ain't got some holdouts, some hang-ups, and, and, and hang-twos. Look at you. You got another thing coming. You got to realize for you to get to heaven without Jesus Christ's blood, you'd have to be absolutely 100% perfect. And honey, you a long ways where you think you are. I tell you, that's why we ought to come into God's church. We ought to raise our hands. We ought to thank him for the goodness he done put on us. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and when I think of what he's done. Where in the world is all that coming from? For thou that judgest doeth the same things. What about that thing you said last week? Well, what about that person that all of a sudden you put yourself in the king's chair? Hey, if you didn't do it, you thought about it. When you thought about it, it showed your heart. And see, when God comes, what he wants to do, Brother Eddie, Brother Larry, we know he wants to take that old heart. He wants to put a new heart. He wants to put a heart that thinks like God, being we new creatures. Look at and he's working on to perform that. And that's what he's overhauling. He's overhauling the heart. The Bible said, you show me where your treasure is and I'll show you where your heart is. You got a long tongue. You got a gossiping tongue. You got one wants to run down everything God's done, go ahead. Hell's gonna be hot. 
I wasn't even going to preach on that. Look at verse two. But we are sure. I like it when it says that. That the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Now I want to go and put this in. I'm going to be mentioned again. I thank God that when we read this word, it ain't going to change. If God promised you something or God told you something, I wrote down, and, I, and, and, and that's way down my list, and I'm getting off of that, and, and God told me, he said, preach this line by line just like I'm giving it to you. I'm going to say it this way to throw you a little bit. God don't have the right to change his mind when it's written in this book. He loved you so much. He gave up the right, Brother Larry, that he said if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you, look here, that, that, that Jesus has been raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Look here, he loved you so much, he gave up the right to change anything that is written in this book right here. When Satan took Jesus up that mountain, I tell you, over and over and over, and, and tempted him, and, and he did all them things, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm talking about live. When, when God talks about living, when Jesus talks about living, it ain't just living for the day. It ain't living to ride some kind of Ferris wheel somewhere or a merry-go-round somewhere. It's about life, not only in this life, but life everlasting. The devil is a liar this morning. I'm, whoo, I love it when the devil comes. Woo, I love it. I said, I love it when the devil shows up at church. Praise God, I welcome him back tonight. That lets me know we're doing something good around here. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. See, he's got to do that. It, 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 he can't go back on his word. That's why he said in his word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father unless he come by. He can't make another way. You say, well, I'm going to get in because I'm Baptist. I'm going to get in because I go to Christ church. I'm going to get in because I'm Pentecost. No, he can't create another way. You're going to get in because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. Praise God. And think of how this, old man that judges them which do such things, and thou dost the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? That's a question. Do you think that you're going to escape? Do you think that you're going to escape how I had mercy laying at you, and you wanted to judge everybody, and you want to talk about everybody? Boy, ain't it an easy thing to do? Ain't we got some tricks to do it? Huh? I know y'all won't say nothing, we'll say. I know we all Christians. <laughs> you know, they got tricks doing it in church. They can gossip in church. They got some tricky ways of doing it. And it's just us here. We need to be praying for so-and-so. They don't care about no prayer for them. Hello. Bringing it home, ain't we? I want you to look at verse 4. I would have just read this verse, but I'm glad I read them other three. Hope you enjoying the preaching of God's goodness. Remember that. God's goodness. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness. Despisest the riches of his goodness. 
despises grace being offered to you today, despises mercy being offered to you. That despise means neglected or turn it down. And forbearance of long suffering. It said, not knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. It's all about God's goodness. It's all about when we hear about heaven. It's all about we hear about God working out a miracle in our life. As he did the other, other night with three people, just a divine miracle. It was evident that a miracle had happened. Mm. How does it feel not to be condemned by the one that really matters? How does it feel not to be condemned by the one that really matters? How does it feel to come in this place today and we don't have to drop our head? We don't have to come in like, Lord, touch me. Where I can worship today. Lord, I can't lift my head. Lord, I can't, I can't do nothing. I've got to look the carpet. Lord, I, I've done wrong. Lord, I'm just, I'm just in a pitiful mess. And the Lord comes along to the saint of God. Said, no, you're not in no pitiful mess. Man, you're a saint. It ain't by what you've done, it's by what I've done. I done saved you. And that's how we grow. We grow. Our shout grows in the knowledge of knowing God. Without his love, sacrifice. Boy, we talked about the love of God. Boy, boy, God must love me. We should never, ever use that word without putting sacrifice beside it. We should never, ever use that word. And I know it's probably not used very much as we get up in the morning and we ought to, first thing, we ought to say, God, thank you. When we see our children walk out of the house, when we see our grandchildren walk out of the house, when we see God done protect us and ain't nobody in the hospital, man, we ought to say, God, I just want to thank Man, I just want to thank you for your loving me. God, I thank you that I'm not crippled, that I'm not walking around with one leg. God, I thank you that you done put me in good health. Lord, I thank you that you love me. Brother Kenneth, we should never use that word without putting sacrifice behind it. Lord, when I say I thank you for loving me, Lord, I thank you that you bore a cross so I could be free today. You bore a cross where I could come in here and worship today. Man, we take it lightly how we can come in and we can raise our hands and we can worship him. There was a time that I'm gonna tell you something, we couldn't do that. We would have to go into the holies of holies even to say anything. But look, at, and if we said it wrong, it would kill us. But man, we can walk in here because of a sacrifice that Jesus bore on the cross. He carried that cross up Calvary's hill, that love, when you say, man, boy, God really loves me, Brother Eddie. What you done said is, God really paid a big price where I could have that love in my heart. Man, we said so cheaply. We worship like it's so cheaply. We come to church like it's so cheaply. We smirk about it like it's so cheaply. <laughs> Every time we think about God's love, we ought to think about that blood that run down his forehead when them crowns of thorns was put on it. Oh, every time we think about the goodness of God, we ought to think about how, how he said, my God, my God, why has I forsaken me? Because he loved you so much. He looked down out of heaven, David, and he loved you so much, man. When we think about it, I know God loves me. Man, we ought to say that right behind. Man, them nails was drove in his hands and them nails that drove in his feet and in agony, he displayed his love for you. Oh, 
Or are you in that club that expects something for nothing? Someone would say maybe you're riding in on your coattails of somebody. You're riding in because you're a certain denomination. You're riding in because you walked down an aisle when you was little and you don't even remember it. You're riding in because you come to church every time the church doors open. Oh, no, I come to tell you. When you get to heaven, your expectation is going to be disappointed. When the Bible said a man must be born again. When the Bible said he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. This morning, if you're sitting here, you have a bad spirit inside of you. You're thinking you don't need God. I love that song said, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Now, oh, bless me now, my Savior, for I come to thee. I want to ask you, where do you go? If you're getting blessed, where do you think them blessings come from? If the goodness of God is upon you, where do you think that goodness has come from? If the love, the sacrifice was poured out on your life, where do you think that love comes for you? Look, at, if he's leading and guiding you, he's sustaining you every day of your life, where in the world do you think it's coming from? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart was rolled away. Oh, that's good preaching. I agree with you, Brother David. Oh, your expectation when you get there. Heaven's going to be so sweet for the saints. Heaven's going to be so sweet. I'm talking about I want to preach about heaven tonight if God will let me. I want to preach about how sweet it is up in glory land. It's going to be just a vapor. The Bible talks about just a vapor. We're all going to be there. You ain't walking straight up like you used to. You try. You try to keep it prosper right, don't you? Huh? Boy, I see some pictures of me sometime. I, my knees bend a little bit. I was helping a little baby on a horse. Somebody took a picture and sent it to me. Brother, brother Ronnie, my knees, but I said, man, I got to quit that. I, I got to start standing up straight. I, I can't be looking like that. Ain't nothing going to help that. Ain't nothing going to help that. You're getting broke down. World has broke you down. You don't look like you did at 16, and you ain't going to never look like you did at 16. There's some wrinkles going to come. I'm going to stop right there. All the goodness of God. I want you to get a hold of this, what I want to teach you this morning. All the goodness of God is going to come because it's already been written. Brother Larry, get a hold of this thing. He can't go back on what's written. No wonder they call it the bread of life. He can't, he can't alter it. He can't undo it. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Boy, everything's changing. We got to do church a different way. We're living in a new age. We got to sing different songs. We got to do it. Boy, I love that old song said, give me that old time religion. It was good for Paul and Silas and it's good enough for me. You show me where that new way is going to get some men out at midnight in some jail cells. Huh? Man, I, I believe, I believe Sister Hugh Lean, they was probably singing victory in Jesus, Paul and Silas was, when them jail cells come down. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But the scripture that God laid upon my heart, the second scripture, is a scripture we're going to find in one of the greatest books, right up on the greatest verse that was ever written in God's word. And it's in John chapter 3.
And I want you to look to it as you rush over there. I want to read John 15. In the middle is the greatest verse, 16. And the greatest verse after that is 17. I don't know that 17 ain't better than 16. I don't know. But they good and good and they both running in the first place to me. If you're there, say amen. amen. For whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Woo. Woo. I want you to look at that King James butt right there just one time. And I want you to look at them last two words. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have, I wonder what that word have means. That's a hard word. I would see why they go to them other Bibles. That have confuses you. Huh? That have means possess. When you have a flu, you got a flu. You got it. When you got the chicken pox, you had it. You had the measles, you had it. Thank God they got Shots for all that stuff. You didn't want all that. When, when you had the mumps, you had it. You may wake you up. When you got diarrhea, you got it. Now you with me. It's yours. It's your problem. It's your situation. You with me now. Can you come on, smile just a little bit. I got to say something to wake up. It's yours. You have it. You possess it. It belongs to you. It's your situation that you're living in. Praise God, we have everlasting life. Man, what makes me mad at anybody? If a folks will preach that we don't have everlasting life. When you get born again, they won't think you've got to be born again again. You, you won't never find in that Bible where you can be born again again. Hey man, you're born one time. When you have your mama, that was a water. But praise God, if I can just bring you out of the road just a minute, there's a second time when the power of God comes over you and you're born again, not only of the water, but of the Spirit. God ain't no respect a person. You give your life to him today, you like to walk around a little bit too. You like to talk a little loud too. You may got to get thinking about it. You know, inside of you, because the Spirit of God lives there, you may get excited too. Amen. I'm just waiting for our mayor. Spirit of God going to get in one of them meetings. He's going to say, look here, I don't want to talk about no tax plan. I don't want to talk about no five-year, ten plan about the, about out down at the landfill. <laughs> Praise God. Holy Ghost doesn't got to hold me. I want to talk to y'all about a Jesus that doesn't set me free. Look at, let them handcuff you. We'll be out there beating on the door. You got to let him out. We'll be singing them songs like Paul and Silas. They'll have to let him go. That's what we need. We need it in the White House. We need it in the courthouse. We need it in every house. Look at God's the only one who can fix this thing. I got to get to the verse. I got to get to the verse. For whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Ain't that a blessing? I got it. It got me. I got it. Can't help it. I got it. I ain't going to go back and tell you what I just talked about. I ain't going to say nothing else about that diarrhea. Man, they have you. To, I, I got to help you. 
If you ain't had one already, there come a day they're going, I had one. And they're going to tell you one day when you go to the doctor, it's just something to do with you need. Not they're going to tell you you need a colonoscopy. Don't worry about the colonoscopy. I can go on and tell you, don't worry about the crazy colonoscopy. They're going to lay you down. They told me, lay my head that way. I laid my head that way. Next thing I know, they told me to get up and put your clothes on. I said, look here. There you go again. Don't worry about it, the colonoscopy. But there's a night before. Oh, I'm bringing it on now. I'm bringing it on in here. That they're going to tell you to drink something. And you're going to have something. You're going to have your situation that's got to be tended to. I'm here to tell you when the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, you're going to have a situation when you start thinking about how good God is and how good he's done been to you. You're going to have you a situation that you got to say, let everything that hath breath praise him. You ain't got to come to one of these churches. You can go to a Methodist if you want to. Come on now. I got two more verses. The greatest verse. Billy Graham, my word. Did he not use this verse? And look what God used him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish. There it is again. But have everlasting life. Part of you. It's in. Done. Over. Nobody can change it. You can't even change it. I think that's the reason why folks don't get saved. Huh? You're going to love the preacher. <laughs> Take that home. <laughs> I didn't say my, my uncle, you say, I don't love the ways, but I love them. Some of you folks, it's going to stretch you a lot just to love me. I love you. I mean, there ain't nothing I can do about it. The Bible said, if, if, if you love the lovely, you, you, what reward you got? But you got something in you that you honest can love somebody when you know they stick in you every time you turn around. When, they, when you know they're against that ministry, when you know they're working there and you just truly love them in your heart. See, that's almost like that diarrhea. That's something that's got a hold of you and you can't do nothing about it. You got to react that way. I mean, that's just the way it is. You understand? You have it. Now look here. We can think about, Larry, I'm going to heaven. But what you need to realize, you have it. You have a dose of the Holy Ghost. There ain't nothing you can do about it. That old song said it makes you want to love. Everybody, I wish you'd have been here. It's on them old ways. One more verse. And I'm going to try to let you go. I'm having a good time. And I've loved being with you. Hope to see you again sometime. Amen. If you was visiting, thank you for coming. This is really the verse God gave me. For God, listen to this, sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. That that we deserved. He could have sent his son down here just to kill us all because that's exactly what we deserved. A lot of folks are like, I don't want nobody condemning me. Can't nobody condemn you. We read about that judging. 
They, they can't condemn you. They can say all they want to, but they cannot condemn you to nothing. They don't have the power to condemn you. Jesus has said, not even I have been sent to condemn you. Then how are you condemned? Yourself. By yourself. The Bible speaks of them in another verse. I'm not going to tell you there. It says, it said, because of your unbelief. You don't believe it's, it's time. Now, Brother Eddie, when I get your age, you know what? I might do that. And I may jump around and may act crazy. But Brother Eddie, I, I mean, I'm just the end kind of guy. I can't be acting like that. But don't you get a dose of it. You'll understand one day. I hope you'll remember. They gave me a gallon jug. I got to quit, I know, but Brother David, they gave me a gallon jug. I got to hearing about people had the little pint. I said, look, I need to arrest somebody, Brother Harris. I had to drink it eight ounces at a time. Has anybody in the house ever been there? It was on a Wednesday night. I got down to the end. Look, I would pour eight ounces out of a gallon jug. That thing don't go down. You're just looking at the jug. This thing ain't changing. Oh, you hit them first three or four. Say, man, I got it. I got it. I'll have this done. I think it says every 10 minutes or something, you're supposed to drink eight ounces. Man, finally, I'm leaning up on that bar and I'm looking at that gallon jug. And I said, Lord, I just soon to die. I'm a little old baby anyway. I was told about some medicine in case I get nausea. Of course, I'm going to get nausea. I get nausea, get my teeth pulled. I, I got nausea in doing a, a little eye operation. Look at, I just think I'm the kind of man I need to be left alone. Everything need, look at, everything in me needs to stay in me. I don't need nothing added. I don't need nothing took out. Leave me alone. I said, look here, big old baby, I'm going to take this nausea mess. I took it. I said, well, Deborah, I said, I'm going to hit it again. And I went to drink, and I said, God, I'd as soon to die. This stuff tastes like pine salt. They give you some kind of citrus to pour in there. And, and I'm talking about, you know, you think, well, good. I'm going to have something. Now, Brad, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? But one day in the Holy Ghost, you'll amen me. <laughs> Only way you're going to get by is to die today. Because I promise you, that doctor's going to get you, Brad. <laughs> and when he does, you're going to bring a little old handkerchief in here. And when I sit the next time, you're going to be waving like, preach, preach. <laughs> Hold me. I was just drinking. Pine salt, mop water. Mopping them floor just before Jimmy took it out of my hand with mopping them floor. I, Jimmy said, let me have them out. It's like drinking that water. Stuff's awful. They ought to be arrested. Amen. Man, we're living in 2018. We done been to space. Walked on Mars. And they, man, they ought to be able to just give you a shot and boom, there it goes. And there, I mean, it ought to be that way. Well, I was talking to a nice black lady. I was down at hospital. It was uh, Memphis University Hospital. I was down there with somebody. 
I just went over and got on that piano they got out there in that lobby. You know, I just sang him because he lives. You know, a saint's going to come by there. This real nice black lady come by there. She had her a big purse. I said, I know she got the Holy Ghost. She wouldn't be coming over here to me. <laughs> that crazy woman went to giving her testimony. She said, Brother Eddie, I was sitting on a great white throne when God come to me. I'm here to tell you, I had to go visit the great white throne because I had it. I'm going to tell you, when you got it, when you got to sing about Jesus, it'll be evident. It'll be evident that it's there. And if it ain't evident in your life, if it's just you just want to do this thing, you know, some folks like, man, I, I think I just tell Brother Ed off, you just don't know how many times I pray in the Holy Ghost, he let me tell you back. God, I mean, surely, Lord, I let them slap me. I let them hit me in my right eye. Lord, I let them do anything. What will buy me a chance to tell them a thing or two after God has done been too good, so good to them? I'm going to tell you something. It says, for God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him may be saved. Oh, inexcusable man. The Bible said we'll stand before him. Are you listening? The Bible said we'll stand before him without an excuse. For God so loved you so much. Now I didn't get down on hellfire and brimstone today. But I come to tell you that when Jesus hung on that cross, you would think after he suffered so much. See us doing so little, seemed like he would condemn us today. Seemed like everyone when we walked in here today because he did so much. Brother Allen, we do so little. Would you let me include you? Because he does so much and we do so little. It seemed like he would just come down in his power, Vicky, and just kill every one of us. That's right. If we understand God's love. Now, if we don't understand God's love, then we ignore that. The Bible said, he that knows to do, do right and do it to not to him to sin. I said, if you've got any knowledge... If you've got any knowledge, you know, like the kind of knowledge that says if a man that's in the church be overtaken in a fault, something that's wrong, and everybody's judging him. You know what the spiritual people do? It says, but ye are spiritual. You go back and you put your arm around and say, I don't care. I don't care what you done done. I deserved hell, should have been in hell. He forgave me. Lord told me to get by your side. Lord told me to raise your hands. Lord tell me to let you know that he died for you too. And then ain't nobody condemn you because God done saved you. Boy, God is good. When I got saved, you know what I was? I was lost. Without God's grace today, you know what I'd be right now? Without God's mercy, you know what I'd be right now? Without everlasting life, you know what I'd be right now? Lost. I'm going to ask you a question. As Brother Houston starts the invitation. What in the world? If you got something right here, it's called a brain. There's no excuse. Man, I feel bad when I come here and, and I preach at y'all because y'all some of the finest folks I've been around. Y'all just like me. I know. You got hang-ups just like I got. Got different situations. Got different things you wore and toy with. Just like me. You got them. I promise you got them. It's just the way it's going to be. But he loved us anyway. 
there was these two boys and they showed up at a wise man's house and they said, we're going we're gonna to get that wise man today. Brother Charles, they said, we're going to put a bird in our hand and we're going to walk up to his house and we're going to ask him a question. And so they walked up to that wise man's house and they said, Mr. Wise Man, what they said they're going to do is, uh, they said, we're going to ask him, is this bird alive or dead? And if he says he's alive, we're going to squeeze all the breath out of him till he dies. And we're going to say you're wrong. If he says he's dead, we'll open up our hand and we're going to let him fly off. They said, Mr. Wise Man, we got a question for you. He said, I got a bird in my hand. Is he alive or dead? Wise man looked at him and said, well, boys, I guess it's all up to you. It's all up to you. Won't have no excuse. Everybody's got an excuse for not coming to church. Everybody's got an excuse for not being happy. Everybody's got an excuse for things not going the way they want it. They go to work, it's the same way. In their family, it's the same way. When they come from the other church, it's the same way. We're all the same way. I want to tell you, without Christ, I want to take the pressure off you. we all the same way. I'm not talking about good and bad, folks. I just talked about, I wonder, is anybody here this morning want to accept what I did because of that? Trust Christ today. Live a victorious life in Him. And grow in the knowledge of Him. And, and then the longer you serve Him and the longer you know about Him and the more knowledge you get of how much He loves you, then that creates what you want to do for Him. Let's bow our heads. Stand to our feet. We're about to close. Lord, this invitation...